0: Hello, hello, friend. Welcome or welcome back if you've been a long-time listener. If you're not subscribed, just scroll down for a minute there and hit subscribe on whatever platform it is that you're listening to. My name is Sarah Fennel, and this is The Fulfillment Project. This is your place where I help you in your business and in your life so that you can live the best life possible and be happy and fulfilled. Predominantly, we talk about sales and marketing because that's my jam and that's what I love to talk about. But we also talk about about high performance, and we talk about that internal development of yourself so that you can show up in your marketing the way you want to, so that you can crush those sales that you want to in your business. So, you are absolutely going to love this episode today. On Mondays, they're always solo with me, and days like today, on Thursdays, we have a guest, and John Marone is going to help you with that internal growth today. He is a growth expert. We're going to talk about habits, we're going to talk about high performance, and ultimately, John helps create the ultimate version of you. So, you know, John's story is amazing. He went from drug addiction, jail, you know, being poor, homeless, to completely changing his life around now, where he helps others get out of their own way and live their best life. I also have to say that John just dropped his podcast, The Power of Progression, this week. So as soon as you are done this episode, please don't go anywhere right now. I want you to pop on over, look up The Power of Progression in iTunes. Um, I I had an episode on there with John. We've been talking the last few months. This guy is incredible. And oh my God, his energy is through the roof. So this whole episode, this whole conversation is definitely is going to keep you engaged. It's going to keep the energy up and you are absolutely going to love it. So here's John. John, welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I am so excited that you've taken time out of your day to fill up my audience with this burst of energy that i know that you're right about to bring
1: (laughs) absolutely it's my pleasure and and i'm so so excited that we connected and we're going to be able to drop some massive value to your community and have them be better today than they were yesterday
0: yeah absolutely so i have a few quick questions for you so the audience can uh, get to know you know who john marone is and what you're all about and and then we can lead in some uh some massive questions for for you um so where did you grow up and where do you currently live right now so I grew up in
1: Bricktown, New Jersey, and I currently live in Dallas, Texas, uh, but I am actually looking to make a move to Destin, Florida, the beautiful white sandy beaches of Destin, Florida, get back to a beach.
0: Ah, Are you going there just for the beach or are they any other reasons? Ah, uh, the beach—a little bit more of the beach—and uh, really, it's just overall it was
1: a beautiful, beautiful area. Um, and and bringing my my family back to the beach life is kind of the the been the main goal. Uh, I think Dallas was more of a spot that was in between, and we knew that when we moved here.
0: Mm, amazing. And what was your upbringing like?
1: Um, so you know, come from definitely humble beginnings. So you know, we, we had a lot of love in our in our family through words and actions, not so much, not all the time. You know, growing up with, with a family that had an addiction problem, they did their best to overcome it and provide the materialistic things versus, you know, the, the other things that I think I was looking for as a child. But there was, there was always a sense of, don't worry, we're gonna make it happen. Don't worry, we're gonna make it happen. So we never went without food or anything like that. We have gone without electric and, you know, we have gone without gas and sometimes without a house. Uh, but food was always in my stomach, whether it was sloppy joes or fish sticks. You know what I mean, we always had food, um, and then there was the occasional, you know, splurges of uh, some materialistic things. But overall, it was kind of a roller coaster of not knowing what you're going to walk into, and it just went on for many, many years. And I kind of went off, and around sixteen, seventeen. Um, I actually started going off and living on my own and living on friends' couches and uh, re- really just trying to get away from that atmosphere um, and and see what John Marone is without that atmosphere. But it took me a lot longer to figure it out and, and a lot of other events to happen for me to actually figure it out. Leaving wasn't the the thing that really helped me. Um, it actually – I, I think it actually hurt me worse because I didn't – I was on a couch and I didn't have any goals. You know, my goal was to get drunk that night um, or to get high that night. And I totally forgot the whole reason I left that area and that environment was because I didn't like seeing my family do it. So I think I just blocked out and said, hey, if I leave, I can change. But really, all I did was I blocked out the real thing I wanted to dismiss in my life, which is, you know, alcohol and, and drugs and really becoming an addict. Um, but, yeah, it's it was it was a loving family. You just never knew – what the week was going to look like.
0: Mm, I think it's interesting to talk about how people were raised because you can either stay subject to your environment and, and just continue that, that path that was set out for you, or you can break away from it and, and do something completely different and, and bigger than, than how you were raised. So how did you transition into everything that you're doing now? Because I mean, like you're a growth expert, you have this like wicked energy, this awesome online personality. How did we get to where we are today?
1: It's it's so funny because I think looking back we can connect the dots right. Steve Jobs always yeah. says, and when I was growing up, you know, I, the energy I had was honestly it was there, but it was bottled up and I put it into a negative, negative way. And and you know, we always talk about Will Smith actually talked about it and said it is not your fault in the circumstances that you're born into, but it's your damn responsibility. To make a difference and do something different, and I, I didn't do anything when I was younger. I was just continually on that bad, negative, angry addiction path. And what happened was there's a few times in my life where I think God was trying to put in front of me, look, this is what you need to be doing. I mean, for instance, you know, I, I got put in jail for I had an anger issue and I got into a fight. And you know, long story short, I was put in jail. And in jail, they actually called me the psychiatrist. And I didn't even think about it. It was funny because about a month, two months ago, I actually remembered it. So as I tell my story, things just come out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, my God. I, if I was actually looking for the opportunity then, I would have been able to make the shift so much quicker. But it all happens for a reason, as we yeah, say. of course. And, and there was just so many little things that happened through my life. You know, I met a gentleman by the name of Pat after I got out of jail. And he really had helped me get my head straight. You know, he had told me two things, John, I'm going to help you change the lives of a lot of people because he ran a marketing and a sales firm. And I said, I love it. Let's do it. But to be honest, Sarah, I didn't care about that. I was so selfish. All I cared about was the money because I knew with the money that solved my anger issues. So I thought that solved my you know addiction issues. So I thought my all these issues. So I accepted. Then he said, but number two, the life you're living is not the life you're supposed to live. And he knew because he had a very similar upbringing. And I agreed to these terms and signed a two year contract with him to help run his sales and marketing firm and did really well. And he gave me some really good insights. And the problem was though, Sarah, I was taking these incremental steps, right? I wasn't taking that massive, aggressive, annoying action I always talk about now. I was just taking these little baby steps, but guess what? It was better than I was doing a year before. And I, I went from below average to average, but to me, it was, it was, that was great. I can't, you know, that's as probably as good as I'm going to get. That's what I always thought. You know, I always use the excuse of, uh, of the way I was, uh, you know, brought up and the people around me. I could only hit a certain level of success. So I was okay with taking incremental steps at the time. And then Hurricane Sandy came around. It was October 29th, 28th, 2012. And I just got into this house. And I, I lived in a motel where my wife met me. Um, And then I lived in apartments, and I finally got my first house. You know, was a rental, but I had a yard. It was that biggest step in my life, I think. And I got October 15th, we got into that house. Two weeks later, we got affected by Hurricane Sandy. And the way the story goes is, you know, I'm sitting in my living room. I'm sorry, it's in my bedroom with my parents because I got them from their motel. And we're sitting there, and I see water start trickling through the living room. And I just kind of was in shock for a second. I said, what's going on? Because we, we were probably like a four-foot elevation in the house with the, on the hill that we lived on. And I walked, and I slushed through the water, and I looked outside, and I realized there was four feet of water in our yard. And within minutes, just busted through, and we, the foundation cracked, and there was just water coming in. And I remember, it's really funny, my father having a bucket and opening the window and taking the water and throwing it out the window. After about five minutes, I re- realized there's no way we're beating this thing. It's coming in on every single crack. So I got the whole family up in the attic. We lived on a one-story. And I had the attic ladder down. And I remember it climbing rung by rung by rung. And I heard thump, thump. And the tree was coming through the roof. A- and I just remember almost feeling this like suffocation feeling. And I thought I was going to die, and, and I don't know if anybody's ever felt that way, but it was one of the scariest feelings in my life. Mm. And I felt like in that moment, it was I was going to die. And I looked back at my family, and I see them shivering. You know, I, I see the fear in their eyes. And I said, What the hell have I done? Like, I can't believe I put my family in this predicament. And worst off, what have I done for this world? Like, I've done nothing. I've changed some lives, but I've really done nothing impactful. I haven't put a a a, a huge footprint and suck my teeth into this universe. Like Pat was trying to show me for two years. I was still so selfish until that moment. And I get chills thinking about it. Yeah,
0: I have chills right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I remember saying something I never said and the word impact. I I just never really even, I don't think I ever utilized that word. and, And I used the word impact. I said, what impact have I made? And I took that and I said, impact first, income second. I need to create a life that I'm happy living every day. That's not, you know, I'm excited about this small little house. That I'm excited because I've changed lives and, and, and I've changed my family's life. So I made a commitment. I wrote a contract to myself in that moment, Sarah. And I said, if I get out of this, because I thought I was going to die, I'm going to create the ultimate version of myself. And I'm going to provide my family with the deepest, most incredible, fulfilling experiences this world has to offer. But I'm also going to give it to others. Now the water recedes, and I get we get put into a front loader. We're actually on the Weather Channel for our street. Um, we get put into this front loader because there's still a huge, you know, four or five feet of water outside, and we get rescued. And I'm sitting in this shelter, and I only the only clothes I had at the time <laughs> were my wife, well, then she was my, my girlfriend, her snowflake fuzzy pajama pants, my my cleats from softball, and some random shirt. And I'm sitting in a shelter with that outfit on. But the most important thing I, I, I said to myself was, I got to keep my word. Like, I, I got to keep my word. So I sat there for a day or so. And I didn't know what I was going to do. It kind of was scary. Um, but once I figured out the first step I need to do is take a step and take action. That's what I did. So I called the first person that had an answer to a question I had, and then just compound affected that into massive action daily to change my life and others around me. And that's kind of how it all started. But if you go back to it, the, you know, in jail, in school, all these times, it was it was in me. It was there. You know, the, the the stars could have aligned a lot earlier, but I never would have went through those trial and tribulations, which never would I never would have been able to truly speak from struggle. And that's where my passion, and my energy really comes from.
0: Mm, Yeah. You're definitely a passionate driven person. You can just like hear the passion in your voice. And, you know, sometimes like we can't look back on regrets or wish that this didn't happen because, you know, you and I might not be having this conversation right now. I think like everything just aligns when it's supposed to. Um, Now you talk about aggressively annoying action. Is that what you call it? Yes,
1: that massive, aggressive, annoying action. action. Yeah.
0: And I think that this is a key element that so many people lack in order to change their life. So what would you say to someone who, or how would you define aggressive action?
1: There's, and everybody has their own sense of it, right? I'm not telling you to take so much action in one area that you Totally forget the other area. So let's let's start there. When I define aggressive action, I'm talking about in all equities. This is not just for your business, not just for your health. This is in all equities. And it's just understanding, you said it before, like who if we want to be here, right, if certain things are going to happen to us, but tomorrow we may not be here. So for me, I take every minute and I maximize it. And I'm so intentional with every minute That's my aggressive, annoying action. I I don't let a minute go by. I'm not a fan of letting the law of diminishing intent ruin my life. And what that is, is the longer you wait to do something, the less likely you are to do it. And I'm going to be so annoying and so aggressive and take massive action. Why? Because my family means so much to me. Because I know what I want, and I know what I could deliver. And the longer I sit back and I try to take those small incremental steps— the less likely I am to get there, right? I, I want to collapse the time of, of what I want to where I'm at now. And the only way to do that is wake up with a fire and passion under you and say, Don't, doesn't matter what happens to me today. I'm taking massive aggressive action in whatever it is, my whatever my goal is for that equity. So how do you really define it? It's waking up with such a fire under you because your why is so strong and you fall in love with the process. That's another thing. You have to fall in love with it. Because if you don't fall in love with it, you're going to stop taking massive aggressive action course, because yeah. you're going to get knocked down and you're going to start feeling like the victim and you know, you're going to be down on yourself. Self-doubt sets in and now all of a sudden your action slows down. Um, and, and I knew what my life looked like when I took incremental steps. I think that's the biggest difference Sarah, is that when I took incremental steps, I saw, I saw some success. But it is nowhere near to the success and the progression and the happiness I feel now. So my life is proportionate to the action I take and to the questions I ask myself. Mm. And if I ask myself better questions and I take better action and more aggressive, annoying action daily, my family's gonna be set up where they need to be set up and, and we're gonna be have, having these, you know, amazing experiences. And I could change more lives. And and that's that's the whole point of this thing. It's to change as many lives as possible. So why would i not be so damn annoying and aggressive with this action taken and, and some people think it's crazy they call me like dude you're crazy with this and i tell them thank you like we're the ones that changed the world are the crazy ones i don't, I don't want to be down there with the people who just pl- you know basically play it safe i was that guy and my results were basically irrelevant to what i really wanted they were, like I said, small incremental steps versus those leaps and bounds, and I'm trying to progress daily, and I know something that most people are probably going to look at, and that's that the most successful people fail way more than they've ever succeeded. How do I fail more? I got to take crazy, aggressive, annoying action. That's it. So if you understand that, okay, failure – through through failure is how you get to success – How can I get to failure quicker? It's easy. Just take that massive action. So I just reverse engineer everything. That's what I try to do with my goals, with everything. I try to reverse engineer it. So the only way to success is through failure. The only way through failure is through massive action.
0: Mm, I think that's such a great point. And I, I feel like so many people are just afraid to do something wrong or afraid to not do something perfect, or they're waiting for the perfect circumstance before they start taking that action. And like that's the the recipe for not having success at all. (laughs) It's just get into action and try and try again and fail and get better and improve. And yeah, that's amazing. And you mentioned something a little while ago, about your why so mm-hmm. do you believe that a really strong why and having clarity on the direction you're going at will like spark that action
1: 100%. So a hundred percent so a strong enough why you could bear anyhow now i i want people to realize though is that your why doesn't have to be this you know amazing thing right this thing that's 20 30 years down the road your why can be something stationary immediately And all it is is something that's going to wake you up on the Fs, right, at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, and you're going to get up with passion, and you're going to get told no and still be okay with going through that no to get to a yes because your why is so strong. Let me give you an example. Some of my clients like John, I can't find my why. I can't find my why. First off, I have a song that I play. It's like a meditation song. And through that song and then the questions I ask you, that helps you really dig deep in finding your why. So there's a process around it. You can't just sit there at your office right now and try to figure out your why. It's not going to work. I always say your first why is always a lie because it's surface, right? We don't wanna feel hurt if we don't accomplish what we wanna accomplish. So it's a surface why, it's such a lie. And then if your why doesn't make you cry, it's probably not your why. And it's something deeper. So let's go back to this client I had. She's like, John, I don't know why, but I, I I think my why is to get a horse. <laughs> I said, okay, let's let's talk about it. And, and she's like, I feel really bad because I have kids, I have a husband. Why is my why a horse? I, I just keep going back to that. And I said, let's let's kind of dig deep into it. So let me ask you this: What do you feel like when you're on that horse? And you know, she explains, I feel great, I feel free, I feel independence, I just feel this overwhelming joy and happiness. I said, awesome. Okay, so you get off your horse, you go home. Now what happens? She, I was, how do you feel mentally? She's like, I just feel stress free. You know, I, my my anxiety is down. Um, you know, I, I feel happier with myself. I said, okay. And, and what does that do for your family? What does that do for your kids? She's like, I'm not so like snippy at my kids. Right? I, I, I'm more loving and affectionate to my husband. I'm a better business owner because I'm having more of a clear mind. And I said, well, and how does that feel for you? feels like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, which is being the best mother, husband, and business owner I can. I said, there it is. It's okay for your horse to be the why. It's stationary, and it's a tool to get to the true why, which is the emotion that you just told me. So your why can be a horse. It can be whatever. You don't have to have this big, elaborate thing. It could be money. But what does that do for you? What does that money, that horse, that stationary thing do for you emotionally? That's really the why, but sometimes we got to have that picture, that materialistic thing, whatever it is, to feel that certain way, and that's okay. So what I want you guys to realize is that it's not this huge elaborate thing. Like for me, right now it is. It is this huge elaborate thing, but it doesn't always have to be. And nobody can tell you what your why is. And don't feel bad saying your why is money or your why is a horse. Like tie something so emotional to it because guess what? For her, when she got on that horse, and then the, the most important part wasn't when she was on the horse. Yes, that's me time, which i huge a huge fan of, but it what happened afterwards, the quality of life and the memories she was able to build because of that time in the horse. That's the real why. The horse was just a tool to get there.
0: Mm-hmm. And especially if we place so much weight or significance on the physical things, it's not oh like money or a car or a house. I mean, getting that, I think we can understand after you've lived in something for a year or two years, that shininess of it goes away. The, yes. the feeling of having that new car goes away. So I think that having something... External is great to get people going, but I love what you said there about uncovering that, that emotional component, because when you can do that, that's going to pull you forward more and have you maybe look for other areas of like, Oh, how can I I recreate that emotion again somewhere else?
1: Yes. So true. So, and that's exactly it. It's, it's that emotion that really, that we thrive for. So when when I set my goals and I have all my clients set goals, I tell them, I want your top five yearly goals, and I want the emotion and why it's important. So they'll go ahead and they'll say, uh, you know, I want to go ahead and let's just say it's in the health category. I want to lose 30 pounds. Well, first off, when do you want to lose 30 pounds? By any the exact date, I need specifics? And is it 30 pounds? Is it 28 pounds? Like, what is it? So I want specific. I want exact dates. And then I want to why behind it. Why is that so important to you? And what emotions does that bring to you? And, and the reason why it's so important to have the whiny emotion behind your goals is because when you have to wake up at 5 o'clock to go to the gym and use the word, oh, I have to versus I get to, right, when you go to the gym at 5 o'clock, there's going to be what I call a little mental midget in your head saying, don't go, stay in bed, stay in bed, trying to put you in a chokehold, right, or the donuts in front of you. What's going to be the, 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 the factor that makes you go ahead and either go to the gym, makes you not eat that donut? Is it going to be I need to lose 30 pounds? that's not painful enough. Or is it, I need to be there for my kids, and I know right now my state of being that this way I am not there, which is if I get there and when I get there, I'm able to play with them more, I'm able to run around with them, which is A, creating more memories and being the father I've always wanted to become, and the emotions are fulfilled, proud, grateful. Like That's the why, like, that is going to be what makes you wake up at five o'clock in the morning. That's what's gonna make you say no to that peer pressure, no to the donuts. Whatever that might be, whatever your goal is, take your top five goals, put a why and a motion behind it. I have it on my vision board right now. So I got my vision board up, and then I have my top five yearly goals with the why and emotion behind it. Because when there's a distraction, and I can look up at that vision board and see the why and why I, can't, I, I need to eliminate that distraction, or I need to make sure I stick to my whys and my top five goals, it's in front of me all the time. But it's not the the goal that's going to really – get me there it's going to be that emotion and that why behind it i would say the goal is a vehicle to get to an emotion which is the true goal mhm
0: yeah you made a really good point there too cuz we can sit there and desire things and come up with goals and dreams of what we want to achieve but It's To actually get it is going through the hard shit, like saying Uh. saying no to the things that aren't serving us. And And I love that you use weight loss there because I think everyone can understand it. A lot of my audience are health and fitness professionals and the success comes from doing the shit that you don't want to do.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> doing the shit you don't want to do when you know you need to do it. Look, we're not stupid. We know when we need to do things. We come up with excuses. On, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe if I do it, you know, just today, not tomorrow, I can still get the results. You're not stupid. You know what you need to do. You just come up with an excuse not to do it. So the most successful people do the shit they need to do when they don't want to do it
0: hmm Yeah. So we have a lot of business owners who listen in here. And I love talking about high performance, which I definitely know that's something that you do, that you are definitely a high performer. So what are some habits that are in your life that keep you driven and energized and performing at the level that you do?
1: Yes, it habits, oh I love it because I truly I always say, Show me your rituals and I'll show you your future. And that's what habits are. Yeah, that's exactly what habits are. And I, I, there's it just, you got to ask yourself better questions too. And then the first thing I want everybody to ask themselves are okay, who am I today? Or what does my business look like today? And what do I want it to look like? Or what do I want myself to look like? And then what the hell are you willing to endure? That's the first thing. What are you willing to endure? Because you have to be aware of those before you go ahead and create any habits or anything, because there's going to be times that talked about being taken away, but you got to be willing to endure those things. So some of the habits, I I always talk about it, obviously, the morning habits, right? So you wake up on the Fs, so between 4 and 5.59. You'll get more done from 5 to 9 than you will 9 to 5 because of distractions. uh, They're eliminated. It's creativity time. um, You're going to get more done. So that's one habit, waking up on the Fs. Number two is really drinking a lot of water. Like it sounds crazy, but – Water will give you clarity, water will give you focus, water obviously you know, will detox you from the night before. So drinking water is huge because I need to have extreme clarity and focus. And if I'm going after caffeine after caffeine, sugar, 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 you may think that you're more focused, but you're focused with an actual drug inside of you. And you, you aren't truly clear when you could be if you're drinking water, so that's another habit. And another one is take 30 minutes for yourself To take eight hours for everybody else. I think it's so key where people, you people that are business owners especially, you're dealing with a lot of stuff around you, right? You open up the email, and there's all these things coming your way. And then you start being reactive to all their problems, never being proactive in your own. And then you end your day with, man, day got away from me. And you say that more often than not, all because you didn't take time for yourself. And I've also seen a problem where People stop doing the things they did to get to that point, which was reading books, listening to YouTube, listening to podcasts, and then taking a, a action on it. You know, implementing. So we have one habit is waking up on the yes. Another habit is making sure you have water, you know, obviously continually throughout the day. Another one is take 30 minutes to yourself. Take 30 minutes to yourselves because it's going to help you with everybody else. Um, I take clarity breaks. So throughout the day, in order to re-energize myself, I take clarity breaks so I can come back with that power of energy because energy is contagious. And I know I need to keep it at a high level without filling my body with tons of sugar. Because then I crash later and I'm useless for my family. Another thing I talk about that is probably better than any coffee. The one thing that's going to be better than any coffee that comes hand in hand, number one is gratitude. Every morning I wake up and I say at least five things I'm grateful for. I take inventory. And it's so important because if you're a leader, you have to have gratitude. Because a lot of times, if you don't, you miss the people that are trying to impress you, which are your employees and the people around you. Another thing is, it actually helps you create better memories when you're a grateful person. And I honestly used to not be a grateful person. I was selfish and ungrateful. And then, and I look back and I realized the memories I had were pretty vague. They weren't really deep. You know, I didn't feel them. And now that I'm so grateful, you're actually able to create better memories because you're able to be in that moment. So I make sure I have my gratitude list, five things in the morning. And then the one thing that's the game changer for me is affirmations. So I say five things minimum that I'm affirming for the day, the week, my month, the year. And it changes, Sarah. So it changes. The reason why is because if I'm about to go speak on, speak on stage, I talk about the the me stepping on stage and you know what I'm gonna be saying and the people, what they're gonna be receiving. And I talk about that moment, but when I'm done, guess what? That affirmation goes away because it's no longer happening. But my affirmations change, but you'll see me, if you ever were a fly on a wall, I rock back and forth because when I'm talking about the things I'm going to have, right, the things I'm going to do, the lives I'm going to change, when I'm affirming things, we're made up of stardust and energy and vibration It goes through me and my eyes are closed and I'm saying my affirmations and it looks like I'm about to play the biggest game of my life because I am. Every day is the biggest game of my life. Every day is the damn Super Bowl. Why? Because my family means so much to me because the people that are wanting help means so much to me that why would I take a day off? Like there's no like get ready, it's stay ready, right? And and, and every morning when I say my affirmations, I get out of the shower because I do it in the shower under cold water. Like it's it's insane. It's almost like coming through a tunnel. If anybody's ever been to a game and they see the team running through the tunnel, and busting through it, like that energy, that's me coming out of the damn shower.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> I and, feel like you're like about to pop out of the screen at
0: me right now. You're like so.
1: <laughs> if, if any, if you could see my veins popping out of my head right now <laughs> and my neck, they're throbbing, and it's because I get so energized. Like I get excited to start my day and it's because I'm affirming what I know is going to happen and I get so excited. But affirmations is nothing without action. Mm-hmm. we have to remember that
0: and I feel and everything that you're talking about there it's really it's priming yourself because I mm. think like everybody's like I want to be successful or I want to be better at this like we're always looking for growth right we're always yep. looking to get better and I feel that so many people stay stuck or stagnant because they don't know how to actually prime themselves and they're actually just waiting for life to magically change when really it's you who needs to change and make shit happen so yes yeah I, I love everything that you just said there and and one thing, now I want to talk about the affirmations
1: because I did – I screwed up in the beginning. I think a lot of us do. We say them. Okay? We say them. Gratitude. right? We say it. And we got to stop checking the box off. We got to stop checking the box off. We understand that's what successful people do is we say the affirmations. We say gratitude. There's all these things that, that we do as successful people. And we end up getting into the mundane routine of doing it. And so we're just checking the box off. And I've realized that when I just check the box off, guess what? It doesn't work. So when I'm saying my affirmations in my my, uh, gratitude list, I am saying it to where I feel it. I could see it. I can almost smell it. Let me give you an example. When I say I'm grateful for my daughter, if I can not visualize her, Sarah, if I can't see her when I say it, I stop in that moment. And I say I'm grateful for my beautiful daughter and her amazing smile. Instantly, I could see her smile and I feel it and I can move on. Same with affirmations. When I say I give my family the deepest, most fulfilling experiences this world has to offer, if I can't see us actually doing that, I stop right there and I think about something, right? Going ahead and, and on a private jet, going ahead and going to Galapagos Islands, right? Like I think about something and immediately I feel it, I visualize it, and now that's my affirmations. So I don't want anybody doing this just to do it to do it. Don't do it to check the box off. Legit, don't go to the next thing until you visualize it, you feel it. It's a part of your nervous system. It's a part of your vibration throughout the day. That's the key component.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really powerful because we are all, we're all just energetic beings, right? And that, like, that's the whole process of manifestation that you're talking about there. And I do a lot of social media coaching with people and I, they do exactly what you're t- saying. They're like, Sarah, I'm, I'm checking the boxes of what I should be doing. But then I find like, I'll look at their branding or their marketing and there's just no energy about it because they're not really feeling into it. So I love that you said that because you literally need to feel as if you're doing it, you're seeing it, you're smelling it, everything. And I've manifested many things in my life too. And have, has there been anything really specific that you have manifested into your life?
1: This is a deep, deep subject for me. When I speak about this on stage, I cry I won't cry right now. Uh, I don't have any tissues nearby, so I won't do that. <laughs> it, about nine years ago, my wife and I uh, were told we couldn't have kids. And I, I didn't th- really think anything of it. You know, at that point in my life, I didn't know anything about manifesting. I didn't know anything about really anything. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And I also didn't believe them. You know, I'm, I'm from Jersey and I'm Italian and that means I'm super stubborn. <laughs> so I didn't believe them. And a few years go by, I'm like, okay, this is weird. Like, We're still not getting pregnant. There must be something up. So I had this issue and went to a doctor. And I don't know if anybody's ever sat there and seen a look on somebody's face when you know they have to tell you something that you're not going to want to hear. And it could be in any situation. But this this gentleman was a doctor, and he had that look on his face. And I I didn't— I couldn't even look back, you know what I mean? Like, couldn't even look back and and kind of find out, you know? I, it was me. You know, I, I couldn't have kids. And a few doctors later, many years later, I was still couldn't have kids. And, and we were trying. Believe me, we we were trying. You're and, putting in the work, eh? <laughs> I was putting in the work. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Yes, <laughs> um, that's the best part about it, right? So, I'm tr- and we're trying. And then we're like, you know what? Let's get really serious about it. And Let's do the whole tracking, you know, everything in the app, and still wasn't working. And, and I'll be honest, I didn't want to go to any more doctors. I was done. I was done being told I can't. And I remember going to another one with her, and and almost kind of sad, but I was like, hopefully maybe it's her as well. You know, it's selfish. It's so selfish, but you don't want to be, you don't want to be the person that doesn't provide the most incredible experience a woman can have. You know that that you know, not everyone wants it, but she did, and that's having a child. And more importantly, Sarah, I, the life I grew up like, I wanted to change the Marone name, it, and and there's I couldn't do it if I wasn't able to have a child. In my mind, that was that's what success was to me, right or wrong. That's what it was for me, and when it took me through this really downward spiral, down downward spiral that just I couldn't. I I couldn't really be happy. You know, it really affected our relationship, it affected my business, it affected me as a human. And I I just kind of gave up. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna give it one more shot. And we went to this doctor, his name was Dr. Bush, (laughs) believe it or not. And Dr. Bush turns to me and says, John, we got a chance. And I was ecstatic and said, okay, tell me what you mean. And he had basically broken down to me that there's a surgery we could do and you have a 30% chance that it works. And i was like absolutely all i'm trying to get is you know a little percentage here a little percentage there to better quality of my life and help others so yes absolutely 30 on the other side of it you have nine months if it doesn't work in nine months it just means that the surgery was unsuccessful said okay so we went ahead and you know month one nothing month two nothing month three still nothing And month five comes around and it's December, so it's my vision board time. And I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. I I truly believe I attracted being on stage with Tony Robbins. I've attracted, you know, having conversations with successful people like Darren Hardy, Hal Elrod, all these amazing minds. My house, the only one to ever buy a a home in my family, and I truly feel I manifested that through the things uh, that I've done. But this one was a big one, right? How do you bring a life into this world by manifesting? But December comes around, I go into my office, I print out all these pictures of these pregnant ladies, I show my wife, she's like, what the hell are you doing? Who are these chicks on your vision board? And I'm like, you gotta gotta look past the net. come on now. Um, And she's like, that's okay, Like, that's weird, that's crazy, but let's do it, Let's, let's go ahead and let's manifest it. Nothing else has worked, right? Let's manifest it. And I put it on my wall on month six, month seven, month eight, I go into the doctor, there's that look again. That look, he's going to tell me something that I'm not going to want to hear. And it was. And, and he said, it didn't work. And I remember telling him, like, I respect you and, I, and I, I appreciate the chance you gave me. But you can't tell me I can't do something. It's just you, you're you not allowed. Like I'm the only one that could truly tell myself that. And I'm the biggest liar to myself. So I can do whatever I want. There's got to be a way. And I t- told him there's going to be, I have one more month, right? He goes, yeah. But John, it's been eight months. I said, I got one more month, right? He goes, yeah. I said, okay. So I'm in my car and I realized I wrote another contract to myself and I'm a man of my word. I got to figure this shit out. I got 30 days. But then I realized I created the vision board. I didn't believe it. I didn't manifest it. I didn't look at it daily. I didn't write it down daily. I just created it to check the box off. And I remember 30 days going by and looking at that vision board so much and really every morning visualizing I'm having a baby. About three weeks after that eight-month visit, me and my wife are going to her office. And it's dark out. And we see a shooting star. And that shooting star, I no longer wish, which was weird. I didn't even think about it, sir. It just happened. I said, I will have a baby girl. And it's so strange because I really wanted a boy. <laughs> you know. I wanted the Marone name. Uh, and, and that's the way I thought it. The only way it could happen. And I know what my wife wished for. And, and we didn't talk about it. We were silent the whole car ride. And we go. And about three hours later, I get a phone call. And kind of find out within nine months, we're going to be blessed with Ari Navia Marone, our miracle baby. Mm. Uh, and I truly feel that it was the manifesting of... Not just a vision board, but believing in it, then affirming it, and just that constant, constant in my face of belief, 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 um, and then taking massive action. Obviously, in between that too, <laughs> <laughs> massive, aggressive, annoying action, right? <laughs> so, I, I, that's that's my biggest manifesting story. I didn't believe in manifesting. Let me let me tell you straight out. I didn't believe it, and I did a little trick to myself, and I said. Okay, this works. Manifesting works. And I was ignoring all the people that are super successful that manifested, right? Jim Carrey, Oprah Winfrey, you know, Conor McGregor, all these people manifested things. But I ignored it. I ignored it because I just thought it was whatever. I read The Secret and as I'm reading The Secret, I, I had knee surgery, so I had to go to my PT and there was never, ever spots the front I'm talking I had to park forever away and I'm like you know gimping my way and limping my way to the door so I just get done reading a secret I say you know what let's try this you know affirmations and manifesting thing I'm driving I'm like I'm gonna get a spot in the front gonna get a spot in the front gonna get a spot in the front I've been there for about three months like I said never spot in the front I pull up lo and behold a spot in the front and I'm like this is crazy no way this thing works I did it again and I did it again and did it again. And I was like, wow, this actually works. Let me, for this little thing, let me now try it for even bigger things. And I did, and it, it, it's worked. And I think we manifest things without realizing we manifest it as well. You know, when I was when I moved to Dallas, I had no friends. So I hung out with Tony Robbins, Darren Hardy, all these amazing people via podcast, via YouTube. They didn't know who I was, but I'm drinking a beer with them on a Friday night, listening to their stuff. <clears throat> and you fast forward two years later, and I'm on stage with them. So I manifested it without realizing it. Now imagine if you were so intentional with it, like I was the last 30 days to get Ashley pregnant and to be able to have this baby. So manifesting works and it's happening for you and you don't even realize it. Now, how do you become more intentional with it to 10 times that manifesting?
0: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people even just lack that belief they lack that belief in themselves and it comes back to confidence and self-worth. And if, if that falls apart, like everything else moving forward, well too, right?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah.
0: Amazing. So you do a lot of speaking. Um, you obviously share your story a lot. Has building your brand uh, has sharing your story been part of building your brand?
1: It it is my brand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, I think that, it's done more than build my brand. It's built John Marone. Mm-hmm. Like my, my brand forward-facing, yes. But I think the more important thing, it's it's built the brand of internal. And I say that because every time I tell my story, it really reveals a new version of me. And it really reveals some also some things that I totally forgot about. And, and with that, it builds me personally. And, and I think that's the biggest thing. But forward-facing, 100%. Because some people are going to connect with me because of it. Some people won't. Like I tell everybody, like me or hate me, but you're going to respect me. And it's because I'm going to be vulnerable and tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And it's only because I care so much about you and your family's future that I'm telling you this. Because you have a chance to design the life you want to live. Uh, And by me telling my story and you seeing the things I went through, I hope you can make a connection somewhere somewhere. And it may not be exactly, hey, you went through addiction, I went through addiction. It may not be that. But being able to make it relative to you, um, and and that's how you build a brand. You connect with people. um, And that's why all my branding, you know, my podcast picture, everything, it's my face. It's not a logo or anything. It's my face. And why is it my face? It's because when you are branding yourself, people want to buy from people they know, they like, and they trust. Amen, so, amen. <laughs> yeah. so
0: these,
1: these cartoon character faces. They, I have a logo. You know, I definitely have a logo. But I put my face on things more often than not. I've had somebody tell me, dude, like, why do you put pictures up of yourself? It's because that's my brand. I am my brand. And no matter if you own a business or you're walking on two feet, you're in a wheelchair or you're laying in bed, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Your brand is you. Right, Your brand is you, so be proud of who you are and the shit that you went through. Pay massive respect to your obstacles and tell everybody about your obstacles. Mm -hmm. I had this guy come up to me one time, and I just got off stage and he said, I have something to tell you. I said, what is that? I said, something that you and my wife, the only ones that know. And he said, I was in jail and I was an addict for many years. I said, wow, I appreciate you telling me that. I said, so you haven't told anybody? He goes, not my kids, nothing. And I own a very, very successful company. And I said, interesting. Tell me why you haven't told anybody. And he said, well, I feel like it's going to affect my business. And I said, OK. I'm, I'm going to give you two things here. You could take it or leave it. I said, are you OK with telling me what you need to hear, Tell me what you need to hear, not what you want to hear? He said, yeah, go for it. I said, you're selfish as hell. I said, you're so selfish. I said, you care about your business and the money you're trying to make, that's why you don't want to tell the truth about who you really are. So you're selfish, so you're only hurting yourself. Because two things are gonna happen with that. One is, you may lose some business, buddy, but you're gonna gain even more business and more respect and you're gonna change way more lives when you are opening up about your life. And now let's talk about the brand to your family. You have kids, yeah. Your kids don't know? No. Now, let's say little Johnny's, how old? Oh, he's 13. He gets into a drug habit at 14, 15, and he can't come to dad to explain to dad that he has an addiction because dad doesn't understand. But little does he know dad does understand, but he doesn't know that because you weren't man enough and vulnerable enough to tell him. Now he's 16, 17, and little Johnny overdoses. Whose fault is that? He said it's yours. And you got to realize if you don't tell, the public, you got to at least tell your story to the people around you that you care about because you don't know how you can connect with somebody until you tell your story. So it's built my brand amongst my friends. It's built my brand amongst my community and it's built my brand to me. Be vulnerable because that is a crucial part to your success. Tell your story, you're the brand. People are gonna buy from you if they understand your story and get clear on it, get clear on it. So I did a unique ability and uh, I can't think of the guy's name. He's, he's a coach to – Dan Sullivan. Sorry. Dan Sullivan is he's, he's a coach to amazing people like Joe Polish. And he talks about what is your unique ability. And I always thought I was trying to be everything to everyone. And that basically what unique, what you do is you send out a text to 10 people and say, what is my unique ability? What am I really good at? How do I connect with you? Tell me. And it's funny that you find out almost everybody says the same thing, but you're trying to do all these different things, but everybody kind of sums it down to the same thing. And it's probably the one thing that you didn't have the biggest belief in. And once I was able to have those comments come back to me, I was able to get really clear on what my brand was and who John Maron truly was. So that helped me with my branding as well. Uh, but telling my story and asking others, who am I? You tell me, who's John Maron and where, where's my value? Because sometimes our values, totally out of left field that other people see, and we think it's somewhere else. Um, it just helps us really fine tune our marketing, fine tune our approach, uh, because we can't be everything to everyone. hmm And you got to be authentic. That's another thing I just want to talk about real quick. Is yeah, you know,
0: oh yeah, go into that ah, all you want. Yeah.
1: Yes, your brand will fail if you're not authentic. It may make a lot of money, but it'll fail internally, long term, if you're not authentic. Stop with these fake. Like this one guy I know, he just bought this uh, McLaren, two hundred fifty thousand dollar car, and he posted all about this. And he talked about, hey, I got this new car. Um, I, and he went up to the 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 car dealer and said, how did I pay for this? The guy said, cash. All right, cool. Like, That's you. That's fine. A couple months later, he posts, I couldn't keep up with the payments. It was a stupid business move. Did you forget that you just told everybody you paid cash for it? Like mm-hmm. shit's gonna come out. It will come out. So be authentic and be real. And people love that. I talk about my flaws all the time. I'm not purely polished and I don't want to be because I can't relate to people then.
0: I think, especially with, I mean, social media has been around for about 10 years now. And I think at first it was all like highlights and Photoshop stuff and like perfect life. And I think we, we understand now that that's not reality. So when people aren't telling their story or being vulnerable or talking about the shit that kind of happens in everybody's lives, we just don't feel that connection to that person. And we're like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, there's like something missing or like, I think energetically we can feel that there's something not right here. So yeah, I love. Of, yeah, being vulnerable, share your story. It will connect with people way more. And I think that people are just – they're scared to be vulnerable because they, they feel like they'll be judged even more. But it, it actually works the opposite. People will respect you more.
1: Yes, yes. And yeah. you got to be vulnerable. You just have to be. It's the only way for you to grow <clears throat> because being vulnerable is also like you telling me, hey, you should probably do X, Y, and Z. If I'm not vulnerable, I'm taking that as more of criticism versus feedback. mm mm-hmm when you take it as criticism, you almost get bitter versus better. So to be vulnerable, it helps you grow as a person and take feedback and actually implement it into your life versus not being vulnerable, walls up, and what you tell me, that's criticism, and you know, you're coming at me a different way. And it, you actually assume negative intent when you're not vulnerable.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's just being in that, that growth mindset, right? So always. you have a podcast that just came out, The yes. the Power of Progression, which I think yes. sums up like our whole conversation here. But tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So first off, you were on and, and you yeah. crushed it. Yeah. Uh, so I love that. I love it. And Really, what the Power of Progression podcast is made from is like there's there's I, I've had thousands and thousands of people design the life they've always wanted to live. Like I've helped them create the ultimate version of themselves and all six equities. But what I found the biggest problem is, is people are not taking massive action to be better today than they were yesterday. So we live in this information porn world where we love information, but we don't love implementation. Mm-hmm. So the whole point of this, the podcast is for me a to reach the masses. Cause I can't speak on every stage. I can't have thousands and thousands of people, you know, in my coaching system. So, How do I reach the masses? Well, podcast is obviously a great platform nowadays, but it's all about giving you actionable insights, tools, and processes from people like yourself, Chris Harder, Michael Harden, these amazing people that are jumping on the podcast, sharing their story, and then giving you actionable things that you could implement immediately to be better today than you were yesterday. We got the the fluff and the motivation, inspiration. That's all tied in there Mm -hmm. because we need it. But what the, the most important thing is is I tell everybody come to the podcast with a pen and paper and then have your shoes on because afterwards your ass is taking action because we we always end it with what are three things that you could take action on right now that'll make you better today than you were yesterday. And I think progression is truly where success lies. Right? That's the happiness. That's the the that's what we're looking for. It's not a landing spot. It's that daily progression. And and that's always the, the beauty. It's it's they always talk about yeah, it's in the, the journey, not the destination. I know how like corny that is, but it oh, it's the truth. Yeah. Like, it is, yeah. It is true. And what happens if you're not progressing daily in all six equities is if you do get to that mountaintop, you do get to that success, you miss out on so many opportunities and magical moments that you could have created all because your eyes are just always looking up. Versus kind of sometimes just staying, staying forward, you know, and, and so the whole point of this podcast is to help you be better today than you were yesterday with actionable insights and processes and tools from some of the most successful people in the world
0: hmm. I love that. It's so in, and I'm, I'm so blessed to be a guest on that. So anybody, the power of progression, as soon as you're done listening to this episode, <laughs> pop on over there and check that out. I'll have an episode on there for you. And I think like you made a really beautiful point. And Tony Robbins even says, you know, if you're not progressing, you feel like you're dying. And this is where a lot of people end up unfulfilled or unhappy or, you know, even that mild grade like depression in their life, because as human beings, we crave growth. And if you're not putting the action forward to grow or progress, this is when yeah we just feel empty and, and unfulfilled.
1: Yeah, and I, you know I was talking about we're not human beings, we're human becomings. Mm. We're always trying, like, we always are trying to become something. So get clear on what that is. Get clear on what you're willing to endure, and then take action. And and perfection will kill progression. It, it will kill it. So. Eliminate the perfection. You're never going to be perfect. You don't want to be perfect. And with progression become comes, you know, failure. And then through failure, it gets to, you know you you to the success you want. So get rid of all the perfection that you're trying to wait for the perfect time to start the diet. I'm going to die. I'm gonna wait them starting after Labor Day, right? Wait for the perfect time to go ahead and make that move. You're waiting for the perfect time to post that video, waiting for the perfect time to go ahead and you know have that conversation. You're waiting for these perfect times. And everything to be, I'm waiting for this perfect time to launch my podcast. Just do it. Perfection will absolutely demolish, demolish progression. And when I just wanted to start my podcast, it was about 30 days. Within 30 days, it actually was launching. So why? Because I didn't sit back and say, this needs to be perfect. That needs to be perfect. I took so much action. Through action, you're actually going to find some perfection. Yeah. And, and, you know what I mean? It, it's not going to come from you sitting there trying to plan it all out. I love planning. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? I, I love planning. Like on Sundays, I plan everything. But start before you're ready.
0: Yeah.
1: Start before you're ready. And then you're going to find out the things that you need to find out in order to progress even more daily.
0: Yeah. I love that you use that example with your podcast too. Um, Joe and I were supposed to do this podcast together. Um, so back at the beginning of this year, we did a ton of different episodes. We um, with interviewing people and we waited six months before actually putting it out because we couldn't agree on certain things. And finally I was just like, fuck it. Like I'm, I'm doing this. I want to do this by myself. I'm just going to go ahead and launch it. And I find like sometimes I'm just better doing action by myself as opposed to waiting for someone else or waiting for us to come into alignment with different things. And I'm like, fuck it. Just get it out.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. that's why it's hard having partners, right? So whenever mm. I look at, you know, strategic partners, I line with, there's, there's two things. I always bet on the jockey, not the horse. And so the jockey being the person I'm, I'm you know, partnering up with, and you got to align with my core values, if you don't align with my core values, I don't care how juicy it looks that product. And it's just not not for me. It's not going to work for me. Um, so, but progression is is funny because we can make our own progression. And I, with partners, it's it's hard. You know what I mean? With strategic partners, because you and I are kind of the same. Like we go, go, go. Yeah. And we feel like sometimes people are bringing us down because they have all these things that they're trying to get done, and we have to talk about it before we do it. So it's hard to work with. A partner if you're taking this massive action that's why
0: yeah i mean like joe's a massive action taker but it's different i don't know you know if you and your wife work together if she does something different but it's especially working as a couple it's uh it's interesting we we are very massive action takers but in different ways so yes we've we've learned yeah we've learned (laughs) to kind of just let each other do our own thing but we still build a business together so it's interesting yeah and
1: it's it actually works probably so much better so much better yeah yeah and I, I love that. And Joe's going to be on too. So I can't wait to have him on and uh, he's, he's going to crush it. And you guys are doing big things. So that's that's why I love connecting with you guys and yeah. people like yourself because it's we do take action. Joe takes action. I do. You do. And the people that we surround ourselves with. And that's all I want. Uh, you know, We are the, some of the five people we hang around most with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always talk about the easiest way to become a giant is to stand on each other's shoulders. So figure out whose shoulders you want to stand on and you know, who you want to deposit value and energy into, and that's going to deposit it back to you and do whatever it takes to get in, their, in into their circle. Like, yeah. do whatever it takes because yeah. you need those people in your life. And sometimes you got to go through the back door to get into their network, whatever, whatever it costs, whatever it takes, whether you're paying for a mastermind or whatever, like create a rock star sphere of influence, uh, people that are positive, positive, lifting you up and giving you tons of value and you're doing the same for them.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I, I definitely talked about this on your podcast as well. And it's funny. I ended up on your podcast because you popped in my Instagram DM with a video and you're like, Sarah,
1: hopefully, hopefully Joe didn't get mad at me on slid that one. Into the DM. I actually put into his too. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I mean like that's what you have to do and like I mean I love your energy like we get along great and we've continued to talk so we're like yeah like let's like you know stay connected and I think that's such a valid point for people wanting to grow anything like you need to align with people to keep your energy up to give you different ideas to just influence you better to make those better decisions or else the progression doesn't always happen.
1: Yeah, you need to be if you're in a room and you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong damn room like you got to get out of there. And you gotta surround yourself with people that are better than you, and that people that you look up to, really. And it may not be you look up to every area of their life, but maybe you look up to them in the health world, right, or or in a business or relationship. That's the people you want to be around. Like that comes back to vulnerability. Like be okay with being the dumbest person in the room. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting because there's a lot of opportunity that means. Yeah,
0: yeah. amazing, amazing. amazing. Um, I have two final questions for you. Yeah. So this is the Fulfillment Project. So what does fulfillment mean to you?
1: Whew, that's a good one. I, You know, fulfillment changes for me. It, I, th- I think it does. I think a couple of years ago it was different compared to today. So being self-aware and asking myself that in a different way, I think I do that often. But fulfillment is providing my family with – the most incredible experiences this world has to offer and being able to do the same for others. And it's not me taking others on vacations or anything like that, but being able to help fulfillment to me is having people being able to z- design their own life that they've always wanted and me doing the same for my family. I think that's fulfillment. It's seeing others succeed in truly designing that life and becoming the ultimate version of themselves. While I'm alongside of him doing it for myself and my family. And that's what makes John Morone happy and fulfilled. It's it's seeing others progress daily while I'm doing the same. Um, and seeing the smile. You know that authentic smile you see on people's faces that's like you could tell what they just did felt really good mm-hmm. versus that forced smile. That that just makes me so happy to see. And call it selfish a little bit, call it pride, but when you know you had a piece or a part of that journey and on why that person's having that smile. that feels good. Oh, that's such so a great feeling,
0: feel isn't it? It just, yeah. and I mean, I think that's why, you know, we become coaches or why we yep. want to help people is we've been through something, we have knowledge, skills, and ability. And we're like, Oh my God, you need to know this. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. And I think that's hard for us, right? Because we want to tell them when, Honestly, what we need to do and what we do really well is we ask them better questions for them to find out the answers. Um, but when you see them on that mountaintop, you know, and, and or you see those pictures, you know, of them and their family or their business doing well, and you see that authentic joy and smile, that that just feels so good. Or we get those messages, right? We get those messages on Facebook or, or Instagram. It's like, what you said mattered, you know, however they put it, but what you said mattered and it changed my life. That is so amazing. And it's crazy because years ago, I was so selfish and I didn't care. I wasn't about adding value and making a difference. I wanted me to have money. I wanted me to have these experiences. I don't care about you. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm selfish in a way to where I like when you have those experiences and I was a part of it. So it's still me being selfish and prideful but in a positive and beneficial way.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, we all want and desire things, but if you help other people get what they want, you will indirectly get what you want.
1: (laughs) A hundred, a hundred percent. And it will feel way better. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The best way to get is to give.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So I have one last question for you. Um, If you could go back to your 25 year old self, what would you want him to know?
1: Man, this is something I, I ask sometimes on my podcast. And I've never really asked myself it, though. So that's kind of funny, right? So when when you were 25, what were you doing with your life? Well, when I was 25, let's go back here. I mean, it wasn't too long ago. So I I wasn't taking enough action. I think I would tell myself, believe and bet on you. Believe and bet on you in every area. Take massive action. Be grateful for the things you have around you. Check and take inventory daily. Mm, I
0: love
1: it. I think that's probably the biggest thing. It's it's you know, I, I was incremental steps still. Twenty five years old, um, and I wasn't grateful. And I think I not being grateful, I wasn't appreciative for the people around me. Um and, and because of that it halted my success and my progression. And I was always trying to find out is the grass green on the other side.
0: Mm. And
1: I think if we water it, that's where it becomes the greenest.
0: Yeah. You make your own green grass, right? Yes. yes.
1: Yeah. So I think I think that's it. I think it's just going back saying, dude, believe in yourself. Bet on you. Be grateful for for what you have. Be happy, but don't be satisfied. Take massive action. Go get yours. Mm. Go get yours.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, John. Where can we find you, creep you, find everything to know about John? <laughs> <on your own? laughs>
1: yes. Creep all over me. I love it. <laughs> So you can go to all my social media platforms. It's at Real John Marone, not at the – it's at Real John Marone, M-A-R-R-O-N-E. So you can find me on social media there on, on Instagram, Twitter, on Facebook. Also, go to my website, www.johnmarone.com. You can see all my programs I have in there. I've got The Ultimate You. have all my speaking engagement stuff. So if anybody is looking for a speaker, obviously, you can reach out to me that way or looking to – Really take the next step into your life. um There are programs for you, a part of JohnMarone.com.
0: Amazing. And the podcast, Power of Progression. And the
1: podcast. Yes, Power of Progression podcast. After you're done with this, go like, subscribe. <laughs> Write a review, download. Sarah's will be on there. So make sure you get on there. Um, And and if anybody has any questions, they can always hit me up, uh, slide into my DMs.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, John. This has been amazing and such insightful information to our guests. I know that they are going to go into massive, aggressive, annoying action now.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And that's what I want. Start designing the life you've always wanted to live in all six equities. Uh, If you need help along the way, reach on out. I'd be absolutely honored and grateful to be a part of that journey with you.
0: Amazing. Thank you, John.
1: Thank you very much. Have a good
0: one.